everyone. Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with choreographer Catherine Burns. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Very exciting to have you here. I have to read some of your credits because you have worked on so many amazing shows. So you're the staff choreographer for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which means that you have choreographed choreographed choreography. (laughs) You've choreographed. I've choreographed. You have choreographed all the dances that we've seen on the show, right? Correct. That's amazing. Yeah, we've done more than like 100 original songs. That is amazing. You also worked on Key and Peel, Another Period, Garfunkel and Oates, numerous seasons of Wet Hot, right? Mm-hmm. And Key and Peel and Garfunkel and Oates. And Better Things, Jimmy Kimmel, Workaholics, Two Broke Girls, Comedy Bang Bang. And did you choreograph a Carly Rae Jepsen yeah, something or other? Uh, her live versions of I Really Like You. And, oh, really, really, you know that song. That's so cool. And uh, Pharrell's happy. Yeah. And you got a Grammy for. They got a Grammy. They I and guess, you. I guess I did. You all got a Grammy. We for all that. got. They I, listen. I wasn't even invited to any parties or anything. But <laughs> I guess I'm halfway to an EGOT if you you know if you really think about it. That's so cool. <laughs> Where do you keep your Emmy and Grammy? <laughs> the Grammy's in my brain. <laughs> um, the Emmy is on a shelf. Um, before I bought my little bungalow, I, I kept it next to my toilet on a shelf because I thought it was funny <laughs> and it held my necklaces and rings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a good stand. <laughs> and then I was stand. like, listen, we all poop. Just sometimes we have good days. <laughs> so it was a fun reminder. But then I realized it probably fecal matter probably isn't good for the Emmy. <laughs> So I was like, she needs to be on a cute little shelf right. by plants. Right. With like a fountain close. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a sunroom and it's in there. Nice. Near all the elements, just not feces. Correct. Um, although, <laughs> although in a way, feces is kind of like fertilizer. You're right. I don't know what it does with gold. Probably nothing good. I mean, it could give it some like texture. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Um, I've cleaned it, guys. Don't freak out. So... This is amazing. And you're like a go-to comedy choreographer, right? Yeah. Um, how do – what do you, like what makes a dance funny? Right. What makes something work for comedy? Um, well, there's a few different things. I mean, to start with, it has to have a pretty clear vision. Um, so just like comparable to you don't really want to hear someone sing bad unless it's like American Idol and it's like funny that mm-hmm. they're bad. But the the vision or the sketch has to have a clear joke or a clear game. And so once I know what the game is, then I can support it with properly living in that genre. So like studying at UCB and stuff, you just kind of find what's extra and you find what's authentic, um, if that makes any sense. It's kind mm-hmm. of like a sweet spot. Because you have to support it, but not steal focus mm-hmm. sometimes and have to know when it's about the dance and when it's supporting a joke or making an actor look good enough or they're confident so that they can, you know, go crazy and seem silly. Um, so it really just depends on the sketch. Like 
through comedy, I'm, I'm able to choreograph lots of different styles of dance. And what's your own personal history with dance? Because I know that you were, you're from Texas and you were studying to be a nurse at one point, right? Yeah, well, I went to college. I don't know how far I studied. I, I hate science. <laughs> um, but I was dancing ever since I was little. Like my mom said, I would just bring my leotard and tights with me. My, my sister's 10 years older. And so I would like idolize her dance stuff and would always watch that. But um, I like, I'm a drill team girl. Like in high school, I did drill team, which is like 50 girls all in unison. In college, I was on our dance team and doing musical theater. But I never really did like the dance competitions that a lot of professional dancers do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them move straight out of high school to like start working. Um, Why didn't you do those? I just didn't really realize it was an option. And I just wanted to get my degree and mm-hmm. go to college and get a real job. And I, I tried to do all the other jobs. <laughs> I so, just would get fired. <laughs> so dancing didn't seem to you to be a career at that point. Right. I, I thought I wanted to be a Rockette mm-hmm. and audition for that and was like on hold and never hired, but auditioned um, year after year and was like, they're like, don't call us. We'll call you even after like two full days of auditions and making all the cuts. And then they measure like every part of your body. Um, and the very first time I auditioned, it was my very first audition ever. And it was like a four by six. And I just, <laughs> at the end of it, as she was taking our measurements, they had seen, gone through hundreds of girls and there were only 10 left. And I just said, I just wanted to let y'all know this was my first audition and you were so nice. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, Catherine. Oh, okay, great. Thanks so much. I was like, oh, I don't think I, oh, nuts. <laughs> I just added myself as an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's sweet though. <laughs> I mean, I do too, but you know, but yeah, I mean, dance has been a part of my life in different phases and times. Like even when I worked in post-production and thought I wanted to be an editor, mm-hmm. I would do like a seasonal Christmas job where we would, you know, dance every Friday and Saturday and Sunday and would, um, I was always taking class, like ever since I was little, was always in class. And was there a dance style that you took to um, the most? I love jazz. So there's like a thing called jazz funk. So when I first moved to LA, it was like, it's a like hip hoppy, but jazz funk, everything's really specific and interesting. And, you know, it was like mesmerized by Fosse films and um, like the specificity of the movement. And, and that's what I think helps me a lot in comedy is I can like live in the genre and then add a little surprise nugget. So if you're really paying attention in the choreography, it'll make you laugh. But if the song wasn't funny, it could also be cool. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like the movement's the same. But if we're, if someone's, you know, talking about suicide, like maybe I'll do like a noose body roll moment. <laughs> and that's like, really, this is really my job. That was like technically what was part of the Emmy winning combination for crazy ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Was a boy band of four Joshes talking about suicidal tendencies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's my job. <laughs> How did you get the crazy X job? Um, well, um, twofold kind of. Rachel Bloom and I did uh, UCB shows together. I had a company called Quick and Funny Musicals, and it still goes on, but I, I can't do it very much anymore. And um, we would just do short comedic musicals, like a full beginning, middle, and end in a short time. And then uh, also I'd worked with a, or a DP from Key and Peele. And so he was talking about me in his interview and he was like, you're going to get a phone call probably to interview for this job. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But initially it was choreographed. um, The pilot for Showtime was with Michael Rooney. And then um, when they sold it to CW, it just went a different direction. And that was like a year later or so. So I was stoked. It was a um, big opportunity. So, So it's one thing to be drawn 
I'm assuming it's one thing to be drawn to dance and then another to be drawn to choreography, right? Because I imagine there are plenty of people who love dancing, but who don't also want to choreograph. Right. Yeah. So at what point did you realize choreography was like what you were really into? Well, I mean, strangely, choreography was always the thing I was into. Like people, like Marguerite Derrick, for example, is a, is a big idol. Um, she, when I first moved to LA, was choreographing all the TV shows and movies and stuff. And people were like, I really want to work for Marguerite. And I was like, okay, but I kind of want to be her. <laughs> you know, I was like, she's awesome. I'd love to work for her. But as I, I've auditioned for her, and now we're friends, which is crazy. We're like properly peers and I freaked out. And um, anyways, I, I like while I was auditioning for her, I would book it, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't include myself in the cast. Like, and then I would like give my friends notes on how to perform better, even though I was like technically auditioning against them. <laughs> so I just kind of liked the creative of the overall vision. Like I wanted to always create the magic within the frame, mm-hmm. not necessarily be the star of the number. I don't know. Choreography was always first for me. Do you have to do you do any exercise outside of dance? Oh gosh. Cuz really I'm cuz I'm thinking and I don't really know that much about what you do, but I'm just imagining like I would be winded and tired out all the time. I would thinking that I w- I would think that it's like you know how you hear like for Britney Spears to get ready for her concert, she has to train and all that. Right. Well, she's the one dancing. Yeah. So I But aren't you but you are doing a fair amount of dancing, right? So you? it's funny. So my friend Allie Ward, who who we met through, yes. is like, I'm like, oh I haven't worked out. Watch this video and like it'll be me dancing. And she's like, You're working out. And I was like, well not really. I mean, me dancing is like pretty normal. So I'll get winded, but my body's been doing it my whole life. So I'm it's just kind of used to it. Um and I'm also not in dancer auditioning shape. Like I don't audition regularly and if i'm choreographing and in a room i'm watching and thinking and having meetings and phone calls and and all and casting and all that so like for example today with an audition i kind of demonstrated it but my assistant taught it Mm. and then i i talked and watched most of the time so i the dancers in the room were dancing getting their cardio up but i really wasn't right but so yeah and and in general dancers have to I mean, I regularly go to acupuncture and physical therapy and chiropractic because I won't warm up and I won't really be working out. And then I'll like demonstrate like a fierce head whip or something. <laughs> and you literally give yourself like a whiplash, which mm-hmm. is which is a fun side effect of dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you before before recording this, you just came from an audition. And I'm so used to talking to people on the other side of things that I thought you were auditioning for something. And I was curious, like, oh, are you auditioning to be a dancer? Or are you auditioning to be the choreographer? How does that work? I didn't realize you were holding the audition, auditioning dancers. Um, So this is my question for like someone in your position or for someone who is a casting director which is kind of similar to what you're doing maybe the same as what you're doing is it like can you just feel the nervousness and the wanting to please coming off of all the people who are auditioning for you um is it icky i mean yes and no like i'm not really an intimidating figure in the room really like i'll kind of make fun of myself or or be like "Ooh, i like this song or or my assistant was running back and forth megan from like the playback to um, some paperwork and I was like oh you're getting your steps in today and people <laughs> giggled or you know right um, for so me you it, cut the tension yeah 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 for me I totally cut it like everybody's kind of polite and quiet like dancers are quiet in the room which is funny and so if I start laughing or giggling then the room gets a little louder so I understand why people are a little bit more stern but um and even in, a, in like when you, if someone's booked and in a rehearsal process I like the feeling of playfulness um, 
and I want people to be good. So a lot of times I'll like coach them and tell them what they need to do. But I come from like an understanding perspective of like, so the, so the audition for today was, was a little bit more character driven. And so they would do it. And then I'd be like, okay, now give yourself a moment before, where'd you come from? Like, what do you, so if, if you're the band kid, what are you doing right before the music starts? Don't, cause everybody was just standing at attention facing front. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to help them have a more full character rather than just do some steps and some eight counts and going back to your original question that might be um the difference between Mm -hmm. comedy and just basic right choreography it's more than just steps or being cool right there's a story how much do you tailor the specific dance to the talents of the actors a hundred percent like um um it's always like a, a a molding process, right? Like it's more of a Play-Doh than fitting it into a puzzle. I just said that because I just see all your kid stuff around and I just <laughs> like kid brain. <laughs> That's uh, a good uh, analogy though. Okay, good. I've never said that before. <laughs> so, okay. Grew up in Texas, enjoyed dance. Oh, and California. I was, I was born in Houston, grew up in LA. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. And then we went back to Texas for high school. How come you moved back? Um, well, the California thing was random. Like my dad's job just moved us out here. What does he do? Uh, he sells securities. Mm-hmm. So, you and- know, a real artistic type. <laughs> a creative. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your mom do? Uh, she was a model. Um, wow. Kind of freelancey because she had kids starting from a really young age and but has four kids and eight grandbabies. So she's busy. But uh, And she currently teaches weightlifting to music, which is called Body Pump. And she's actually, she, so my mom and I were like one of the early adapters to Instagram because uh-huh. she just wants to know what I'm doing all the time. And I was like, Hey mom, there's this app where I can post pictures and, and you can just see it right away. You don't have to like text me. What are you doing? Send me a picture <laughs> or call me at the time. And so, so she was teaching body pump and her handle is body pump, which is like a massive workout industry. You know, all, uh, all the listeners and I will be following her now. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's private, so we'll oh, see. <laughs> we will hope to follow her. But I'm telling her she should sell it to Lay Mills, which is the company. I was like, maybe you can make some money at that handle. Yeah. Who knows? So, and and how old were you? Were you already grown when she started doing that? Oh, high school. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But so, but you come from, I mean, she's like an active right. exercise Now my, my dad too. My dad's you know, would go for runs and mm-hmm. he bikes every day. No, they're, they're, they're way more active than me. My mom kicks <laughs> my butt. I'm not kidding. So you're one of four kids. Yeah. I'm the what, youngest. Uh, Hence the, the youngest. dancing look at me thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you grew up California and Texas, mm-hmm. uh, super into dance and into choreography, but didn't think that it was going to be your career. Had other career ambitions, right? Mm-hmm. What were they besides nursing? Well, I remember my uncle gave me a book like what color is your parachute because mm. I just liked so many things that like the idea of doing one thing was really daunting and scary. I didn't really know. And it was kind of like, well, my grandma was a nurse, so I guess I'll do that. I didn't really know. Yeah. I, you know, I worked in post. I thought I wanted to work in film somehow, but I, I didn't. I wasn't like the communications major is basically for someone that's like, I don't know. <laughs> so what happened with your brief foray into studying nursing? Studying, you mean college, right? Just two years. And then I took anatomy and I was like, there's a cadaver and it's dead and I'm going to fail this class. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So you got to cadaver level though. Yeah, totes. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not grossed out. And I like helping people. Mm-hmm. And so like, in essence, like choreography is a combat, especially like 
the combination of comedy. It's like it's um, every day is a different day. Uh, every scene's different. It's like a different flow. It, it depends on what I'm doing. Um, and it's helping people, but just with their bodies <laughs> while they're alive. Yeah. <laughs> Did you actually do anything with the cadaver? Nope. Nope. I, I like I have a visual of that room and then that was kind of the end of it for me. I, I just was going to fail out of anatomy. Mm-hmm. Like my brain is is um is artistic and mathematic and science is a weird combo of the both. It's like, what do you mean? That's not always this way that sometimes it's a different way. And that's that's an acceptable answer. I don't I don't understand. <laughs> anatomy obviously is very specific. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I guess just the idea of science of how it can just change and evolve and there's new things that are discovered like math is just like there's an answer you figure it out right you work until you get it and then with artistic stu- stuff it's like more of a feeling mm-hmm. and so for me the, the stuff i'm doing now is a combination because like yeah. if i'm choreographing 30 girls and there's different formations and there's there's a science no there's a mathematical madness behind the creation right so did not continue with anatomy um and that was in texas right uh, that was at the University of Missouri. Oh, right. I knew that. While I was on the dance team and doing mm-hmm. musicals. So what? <laughs> <laughs> and then when did you move out to L.A.? Uh, back to L.A., I mean. Like a year after college. And but, then, I, but my family's all in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so did you come out here to pursue entertainment stuff? Yeah. I didn't know what exactly, but I wanted to work in it somehow. I auditioned for Laker Girls wearing a tankini and like everybody else was wearing string bikinis. Uh-huh. And uh, they said, show your midriff. So I had a teal tankini on <laughs> showing half an inch of midriff. And everyone was like, it was my first time seeing like what LA dancers looked like. Mm-hmm. And especially with that kind of thing, they were all really hot and like sexy and their freestyle was really hypersexual. And so after we did the across the floor, which is like a step kick combination mm-hmm. of kicks and turns, I literally just tiptoed off. <laughs> After waiting for six hours. <laughs> wow. I was like number, you know, 272. And then I did your class of floor and I was like, thanks, bye. <laughs> did you just feel like it wasn't going to happen or you just got too nervous? Or I was uncomfortable with how sexy it was mm-hmm. at the time. Would you not be now? Um, n- n- uh, No, it's just not for me. You know, like there's, um, that's the hardest part I think about the dance industry um, is that women are constantly like objectified a lot of the times like Mm -hmm. if you think about i mean no offense to anyone that works on it but like pitbull has like sexy girls grinding on him and that makes him hotter like a lot of artists work not always i mean i think we're changing it now like watching the amas i think there was some cool stuff happening um with like more gender fluid dancers and more open and supporting versus just the women being eye candy Mm -hmm. yeah i've always heard that um the industry is very tough on ballerinas. Well, right. Well, that's a different thing. So that's, um, you know, that's a very specific skinny, like they, they're, they're very, their lines have to be very linear and specific. Um, and because literally your whole body weight is on your top of your tiptoes, mm-hmm. you're literally breaking your feet. So every pound actually probably hurts more. Yeah. Um, I've never done like ballet company stuff, but right. No, I mean, terrible eating disorders in that world for mm-hmm. sure like center stage is basically true is what i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> and now you are 5'10 right mm-hmm. and i think of dancers by and large as 
Short. Shorter. Are yeah. they usually? Yes. Hence the choreography thing and not as much of the dancer thing. Well, rockettes are tall. Showgirls are tall. Models are tall. Models are tall. Correct. Also skinny for the most part <laughs> and beautiful, but whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, there's I, eventually out in LA, I was like, would get it called in for like a, you know, a massive audition. And I was like, do they want tall girls? Did they say five, eight and up? Cause if so, I'm not going. Um, so it is really hard to like work in an industry where you know like the common denominator is typically the thing they're going to choose from. And if you stand out one way or the other, like too tall or too short mm. um, or too big or even too little that you probably want to get it. But um, I think what's really cool, especially with the work I do, is that like uh, diverse is good and strange is good. Mm. But you also have to confidently live within that world and sell it. And not if you're if you're making apologies while dancing and you feel uncomfortable in your own skin, it doesn't translate to a good audition. Yeah, you I imagine you must be very conscious of your own body language and projecting confidence. Are you? Um, yes, unless I'm um, unless I'm working. Uh, I know my tendencies and habits of what I do and like my eyes get really dirty and I move around a lot. Um, and I'm kind of like up in the clouds thinking that's when you're working. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I luckily feel when I step onto set and this sounds weird, but like when being a five ten woman, there's a few things that happen with body image. First is I choose the correct outfit to show up to set in. I wear a baseball cap. I wear jeans. I have a vintage t-shirt and I have some kind of like casual shoes that are like, maybe kind of cool and i don't show too much of my body i don't dress too feminine i have like a leather jacket Mm -hmm. um and so being a woman obviously you don't want to be objectified and you want to be taken seriously but because i'm moving around maybe showing like funny sexy movement but then on the flip side where i feel blessed is being tall i'm eye level to all the men Mm -hmm. and a lot of the directors and ad's and people like that are, are my height and so you know I feel like I luckily command respect and um, some kind of authority with my height. But as a dancer, I would hide in the corner. And like my ex-boyfriend used to be like, don't don't make excuses for your height. Don't hide in the corner. I was like, but I can see from back here. I'm, <laughs> I'm blocking people if I'm in the front. Which is, you know, probably a sign that I wasn't really auditioning to book the job. I was totally insecure and uncomfortable right. in my body. Right. That's so interesting that you purposefully... Um, dress to like defeminize yourself Mm -hmm. to be taken seriously if you didn't dress that way what how do you imagine it would go um well i I remember one of my very first jobs i wore i wore a dress i wore a purple dress with white polka dots and i was also in it and had like a my outfit was like a silver lame bra and silver lame pants and a hot pink wig and i got i would come on set like in between to like help the actors or dancers i got yelled at to go off set and my friend was like, because you're shiny. They're not taking you seriously. You need to put on a baseball cap if you're in character and like come in. And it's you're a weird character thing. as the hot pink wig, the fembot slut, let's just say. Right. <laughs> so if I was in character giving notes, she was right. like, put on a cardigan, put on a hat just for that second. Yeah. So that they take you more seriously. And, uh, you know, I mean, I also feel more confident um, if I'm able to like move freely and stuff. Is that women and men who wouldn't take you seriously or just men? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, when I started, you know, I started in comedy, so it was more of a boys' club back then. Mm-hmm. Man's club? I just say boys' club. Same sentiment. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I can't really say. I mean, I think it's mostly men, but I don't know. I think women are more. I will say women are clothing specific, and I will say, like, po- possibly clothing judgmental mm-hmm. because I think women naturally vibe more with someone who might dress like them mm-hmm. so whatever that is like if right. the showrunner is always wearing like fun colorful outfits it might encourage me subconsciously to be more favored by her and wear like fun colorful t-shirts right <laughs> fun colorful t-shirts <laughs> fun colorful t-shirts <laughs> so you come out to LA did you start UCB right away no, not not right away, but a few right, right when it opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was literally next door at the clothing shop. My mom was in town, and um, the UCB four Sans Amy and Jimmy from the booth came. Um, so it was Besser and Ian and um, and uh, Walsh. We're going door to door to meet the neighbors. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> I know, right? Which they would never do now. I mean, yeah. Maybe they would. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's more of an apology for sorry the line's so long. Also, right. you're welcome because it helps business. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was next door and like stuck my foot out because my mom was like, hi, welcome to Native. And I was like, she doesn't work here. I'll be right out. <laughs> and then that's how I met them. And Jimmy's from Mizzou and where I went to college. I was wearing a t-shirt. And so um, anyways, I just got to know them and was like, literally right as they it was super serendipitous right as they opened their doors and susan um hale who was really instrumental in getting the theater up and going and ran for a long time new york and la um so yeah and then i got to know them and they're like you should take class you should, and i was an intern i vacuumed i did the whole thing and they knew that you had an interest in comedy uh yeah well that yeah that's why i was there the dance thing was the was the different thing mm-hmm. which is i think what was really helpful Right. The first thing was this um, musical called Freak Dance that we did every Friday for like three and three and a half years on and off. And then what was your first sort of choreography? Well, you also are an actress, though. Yeah. So what was sometimes was your first like on screen thing? Was it acting or was it choreography? Uh, Yeah. The same time. (laughs) (laughs) And which was it? What was it? Uh, well, the well, the first thing was Freak Dance, the movie, the the musical play that we did every Friday night was like an original '80s musical mm-hmm. with dance, and I was in it. Uh, and then they wanted to like make it more hip hop, so I cho- I re choreographed it because <laughs> I was really into hip hop. Uh, anyway, so then and then I choreographed and was in it, and then they made it into a movie. Who's the they? Uh, Besser, mm-hmm. um, Matt Besser. He wrote it and um, directed it with Lindsay Leffler at the time. Um, on stage and then Neil Mahoney and Matt Besser made it into a movie cool. with, um, I think that was the first and only UCB film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a really radical experience and all of us like felt like we were in a real dance camp because right. we were just working at all hours of the day and we all had to waste, wear really tight clothing. So we all like got in shape together <laughs> and that was the first big thing for me. We shot it all in 13 days. No, um, yeah, a whole movie musical in 13 days. That's amazing. And um, were you still working at the clothing store? Oh, yeah. I had side jobs for forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, I would get little nuggets of jobs here and there. But, you know, a lot of times if it's, like, like, it, with Children's Hospital was shortly after that. And there was, like, a scene here and there. It wasn't like I was working regularly. Mm-hmm. I didn't get staffed on a job. So Crazy X is the first time I've been a proper department head where I've been on it for the whole the whole series. Right. 
With Children's Hospital, were you acting or dancing or both? <laughs> both. Yeah. A lot of times it was like, we want uh, dancing nurses and great. So I'm technically a nurse. <laughs> um, it seems like you have this like monopoly on funny dance choreography. Are there others of you? Oh my gosh, there are. And every time there's other ones, I go, wait a second. I mean, there's lots of, mm, okay. Mm, uh, mm, okay. Yes. So Danielle Flora does all this stuff in SNL. And she does a lot of comedy stuff. And there's a lot of people that do a lot of comedy. Um, it's it's just kind of um, people have been saying I'm the go-to or have this niche. Uh, I think maybe because I like was in the belly of the beast. Did you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I came up doing sketch comedy at, at UCB on stage. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to – I've been really lucky and have gotten – lots of wonderful feedback about how I approach comedy and dance. And I'm really proud of it, but there are lots of other choreographers that choreograph, um, that comedies, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether or not it's funny is up to you to judge. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So Cause it's wh- a weird balance, right? A funny and good. It is. And I find it, but you know, but then like when you did the Carly Rae stuff and, and Pharrell's video, that's just, that's not comedy. That's well, right. Straight for how does the how is that is that harder, easier, neither? Um, I will say work with artists is a little tricky because there's an underlining element of cool, whether it be from the label or the director or the artists themselves. They're selling a lot of things, mm-hmm. and their image is much more thought out and methodical about being cool than I think we realize right. you know what i mean just like when you see someone the cover of a magazine it's like they didn't just show up like that you yeah. know there was a lot of the t- there was a team, team. Yeah. that made them look pretty or cool or sexy depending on what the cat what the category of the magazine is mm-hmm. um but i think trying to find like what what i feel like is my authentic contribution to choreography is um i think i have like a, a joyful playfulness that I can get performances out of people that might not be their their natural go to, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So so Pharrell works with Fatima, who um, has got cool on lock, and she has done all these awesome music videos and things. So for the happy video, I I cast and coached all of the people in the video that weren't Pharrell. So it was a twenty the world's first twenty four hour music video, and. Um, I movement coached every person before they took the stage, so to speak. And everyone just had one shot. Like they were the star of the music video for four minutes. So if we were to like log in now, it would look like someone's dancing in LA at like 2 PM. Mm. And so we covered like 10 miles of LA traffic a day. And I would hand them waters afterwards and be like, this is your singing in the rain or, or singing in the rain moment or just trying to get the person ready and comfortable before and during as much as I can. Does that make any sense? Yeah. That's so, so cool. So like, but Fatima was with Pharrell and then I worked with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I with, uh, what going back to what I said earlier, a lot of times when I choreograph something, I'm like, man, if this wasn't a comedy, it'd be cool. Like if it's like a nineties hip hop thing, I'm like, yo, it's kind of Bruno Mars ish. And, and mm-hmm. that, and my friend that was a creative director, who's now like a country singer. He does, he's in the band. Midland. Anyways, <laughs> he he's the one that brought me in with Carly Rae because she she totally dances, but she's 
I guess she would say she's technically a non-dancer mm. and he wanted it to have kind of like a rockabilly kind of fun, playful energy to it and kind of like old school. Um, in terms of what you're saying about cool though, are there, is it about the specific moves or is it attitude or other stuff? Like the difference between what makes it cool versus comedy? Um, well, I, I, there's, I think that's kind of twofold. Like choreographers can have a presence, right? And, and I, and I remember like working with Taboo and he, he told, who's a, from the Black IPs on his album Zoom Bow or this, the song. But at first he didn't like get me. And he even told me, he was like, I don't, get, at first I didn't get you, but you're like really cool. <laughs> Cause my, I was focusing on making, what he did shine and mm-hmm. I eventually emulated how he naturally dances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't change my persona to be more hip hop because he came up hip hop. Right. And he prides himself in the dance scene. But I mean, that's not me. I'm I'm not going to battle on a circle and win <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not in the nineties hip hop scene that he was battling in. So for me, that was a challenge because I was like, I know what he needs and I'm going to cast the right people but I'm not going to give him by look and personality mm-hmm. what he thinks is right for him right, right away. Right. And a lot of choreographers kind of transcend earthliness in a sense and have this kind of magical, cool quality mm-hmm. and their movement is also magical and cool and specific. Like Paul Abdul. Yes. <laughs> I love Paul Abdul. Well, think about like Tony Basil back in the day, you know? Yeah. I mean, Paul Abdul is choreographing for Jana Jackson mm-hmm. back That's in the day. Yes. When we think of her. Right. I mean, but if she walked into the room now, I don't think that would be your first thing is, is super, super cool. But back then. Yeah. Heck yeah. She was cool. But there's lots of really amazing choreographers like Ryan Heffington has a specific style, but can do lots of different things. Nina McNeely is doing really cool, interesting things. There's a, there's a, there's a bunch of people. I could, the list goes on and on. There's actually not that many of us, and we all know who each other are. There's like 150 of us or so. Is it competitive? Oh, yeah, because there aren't that many of us. Which guild are you guys in? We don't have one. You don't? That's the ish. And I'm con- I literally had a meeting yesterday with uh, trying to unionize for TV and film because we don't have one. We're trying to be a part of SAG. That's crazy we'll that you see. don't. Yeah, they've been trying like... I saw a letter signed um, by Agnes DeMille in 64 mm. saying that he recommended the choreographers join, I think it was the SSDC Television Guild, which is this, now it's called the Stage Directors and Choreographers Guild, the SDC. Mm-hmm. But back then it was a society of, but anyways. So, so, um, so of a TV show can hire a choreographer and pay them whatever they want. Yeah. And there's no, yep. nothing governing yep. hours. Yeah. You don't get insurance. No, no healthcare. That's crazy to me. I know. But everybody else the, on like, set has it. Aren't the onset teachers in, yep. somehow represented? Everyone yeah. is. The Teamsters, I mean, except for Texas, I guess, which is a, it's a, it's a right to work state. Mm hmm. But um, um, SCC is really great in protecting choreographers and directors for Broadway and then Vegas. But for work with artists and films and television, we don't have any representation. So it's just you have to really fight for everything. And it just matters of like what your agent can get for you. And, you know, it's really I wish there was like a a basic minimum that we could at least 
have as a jumping point and get healthcare and pension and yeah, this is possibly a royalty or re- residual. I mean, they get royalties on Broadway. Broadway <laughs> or off Broadway. Like if a high school musical is doing the producers, Susan Stroman's getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she also directed it, but still. But we're trying. We're trying, like actively trying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's tricky. And especially with the climate and like the the labor board, like the national labor board, like what's happening there. And I know it's cool and cool and weird once you think, start really diving into the union world. Yeah. But I'm learning a lot and I'm, I'm trying. surprised that SAG doesn't have an issue with that though, because it's like, I, I feel like I get an email every single day that's like, don't work on this, don't work on that, don't work. On, you know what I mean? Like SAG is so. Well, that's who we're trying to work with. Right. They've been really awesome. But I mean, they're not the ones that can make it happen, right? Yeah. Like they, they in essence can, they have a board mm-hmm. and they have, so if you think about it, like if everyone that's unionized, like background artists, um, day players, leads, there's like 25 or so contracts at least that they have to negotiate every line of the contract in one meeting once mm-hmm. a year or every other year or whenever it is. So it is kind of that thing of like squeaky wheel gets the most attention. Like how do we say what this really matters to us? without seeming desperate or with making them really listen because mm-hmm. everything else ha- is it's a mandatory bargain of negotiating or whatever that whatever that is they have to legally talk about the issues that are currently happening right. and taking on something new we're trying i mean we're 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 getting there but um and who are the people that if if it if it is set up in this way like who doesn't want you guys to be unionized like it depends so we tried to we tried to um go with the directors guild the dga and i think back then they wanted us but the producers put the kibosh on it Mm. and then because it's hard i don't know yeah i mean in us i don't know i don't know (laughs) yeah you know it takes a group of people and it's like it could be easily swayed one way or the other i mean because the way i look at it like the difference you know the difference between a movie and a musical is a choreographer Mm -hmm. i mean because there's going to be underscoring and there's going to be singing and there's going to be some there's going to be some musical element to every movie right right but someone and it's normally one person with maybe a team that comes in and gives movement and then it's a musical mm-hmm. and they hire dancers because the dancers are going to work, you know. So the choreographer is hiring all these dancers and they're not protected, but all the dancers are. Right. That's so – what about – so on – so wait, this is what – I'm sorry. I, I think rails. you just said this. Yes. So like whoever choreographed um, Love Never Dies. That person's not in the union either. Love never that, dies. Pantages, the uh, sequel oh, to Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> it was not that I good. That that's your musical <laughs> of all the musicals yeah. in the world. You choose. I think that's the one I saw. Love most never recently. dies. It was God very. Bless. It was very disappointing. Was it? I like the music though. The music was good. The actors were good. The story was not so. Good. That's that's unionized because it comes from the stage. Okay. I mean, I, I assume that I, I assume the original choreographer was in the sdc i'm not as familiar with that show as you are i can't tell you <laughs> not choreographed for it. you <laughs> but yeah they they have a yeah they probably made a residual right. off that or royalty so is there any like is there any particular job or style where someone will call you and say we need someone to do this and you'd be like oh i'm not i'm not the person for that let me tell you who you should call um well um Okay, 
so this is where choreography has lots of different. Mm, I find I can mold the story to whatever they need and I bring in the right assistants and the right dancers and the right talent to help and support mm-hmm. me and I'll be able to communicate what is creatively needed with the team that can make it happen. So I kind of have done all styles personally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that I would say, no, I can't do it because I kind of like a challenge too. Because I kind of like studying all kinds of movement. Right. So just to go back to your career path. Um, so working at the clothing store, <laughs> did the movie, and then you did Children's Hospital. And then from from there, it was it just kind of word of mouth that that's how you started doing the other? Yeah. The chore- 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 choreography. Oh, my God. And it's spelled chore. C-H-O-R-E. <laughs> Choreographing the other chore, shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it kind of grew. Like, But I think a lot, like literally... Like Brian Safi, for example, who's um, a really great Love comedian actor. Yeah. Shade. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Duh. Podcast world. Duh. <laughs> um, um, he hired me to like a, a coaching rate, whatever that is, because he had a groundling sketch uh-huh. that I helped him on and choreographed and gave some structure to. And um, and then he eventually got a TV show. And I was his i played his sister <laughs> and and then hired other voguers mm-hmm. so like i didn't so i technically didn't choreograph all the voguing but i brought in like from the house of extravaganza like i brought in the legit ogs mm-hmm. i like to go to the source personally so that's kind of how it happens too like a lot of the people i i literally have stayed at least shared the stage with at ucb so like black box to, to tv screen right. or whatever but um Word of mouth and like, you know, eventually building a reel, eventually building work. And then, you know, now I realize I've choreographed more than 100 episodes of television. That's amazing. And like 40 of which are from Crazy X. So, yeah, eventually you just got busier. I didn't have to have a side job. Mm-hmm. But I would do like dance industrials, which, you know, one time I was hired to um, for Tori Spelling's mom's house i guess it was like a christmas party maybe and they hired 50 dancers to dress as toy soldiers <laughs> and stand uh-huh. on the staircase oh wow as guests entered oh my gosh yeah and, and just stand just stand just stand for our, like but it's hard to stand still like a toy soldier for an hour and without so moving. were you one of the soldiers or you were in charge of the soldiers no i was one of the soldiers this is a side side gig <laughs> <laughs> how was it was that house insane well, I don't know. We went to like some weird room and then the, the driveway to the entrance looked great. And then the, <laughs> the, the foyer of the entrance looked great. And that's kind of all we saw. Yeah. <laughs> I believe she has some insane wrapping room for all of her uh, oh, gift wrapping. I buy that. Yeah. There seems to be a bunch of rooms. Yeah. I but yeah. So side, side hustles. And then I don't know. I remember being like, there's it. You have to be broke to really commit to the art. And then eventually, hopefully, you won't be as broke from it. <laughs> at what point did it change? Like, at what point were you like, I don't need to side hustle anymore? Um, well, it wasn't as much of a need. It was a conscious choice. It was like, I, I decided that I wasn't going to turn down a work that would further my career mm-hmm. for um, a paycheck, which, you know, obviously really cuts into your savings very, yeah. <laughs> but i've always kind of been fiscally responsible and like tried to pay off my credit card or transfer it to a zero percent apr and pay it off or whatever mm-hmm. um but i kind of remember like i think oh eight oh nine is when i really started committing to that hustle right um but honestly it's probably just been like the past five years or so that i 
haven't had to have a side job. But I even think like a not too long ago, I did like a New Year's Eve industrial gig where they wanted a showgirl. And I wore feathers and silver sequins and was single and whatever and took pictures and a showgirl outfit for a New Year's Eve party for mm-hmm. someone. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so the hustle's there. We just kind of got to go with the flow, I guess. So let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Patreon. But first, I need to <gasps> they talk. They sent in questions. Mm-hmm. This is so official. Questions for you. But first, I need to talk to you guys about Casper mattresses. Support for Allison Rosen is your new best friend comes from Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. After all that dancing, you certainly need to rejuvenate in a comfortable mattress. Girl, I sleep on a Casper with two Casper pillows. They're amazing, right? So great. And how exciting is it when that box arrives and you're like, how's a whole mattress inside that box? And you open it up with the cutting tool that's provided Mm. and then it like unfurls. Mm -hmm. It's magical. Then it's a great cat box. That's right. Uh, so you get not only a mattress, but a cat box. <laughs> At Casper, mattresses are perfectly designed for humans, engineered to soothe and cradle your natural geometry. You spend one third of your life sleeping. I would, I, I think I might spend more. So <laughs> you should be comfortable. Casper brand mattresses combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And I'm convinced that my husband, I hear my husband snore. He's a, a phenomenal snorer, <laughs> but he snores less on the Casper or I hear it less designed, developed and assembled in the U S affordable prices because Casper cuts out the middleman and sells directly to the consumer. No hassle returns. If you're not completely satisfied, free shipping and returns in the U S and Canada. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial. That's how confident they are. They give you 100 nights risk-free and you can sleep on it the whole time. Uh, yeah, it's, kind of amazing get fifty dollars towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash bff and use promo code bff at checkout terms and conditions apply that's casper.com slash bff and promo code bff like best friends forever (laughs) so casper.com slash bff and promo code bff for fifty dollars toward select mattresses okay so let's take some questions People sent it on Patreon. I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. All sorts of different reward levels, fun stuff, bonus episodes. Uh, I do a live stream that's interactive. Um, You get behind the scenes stuff. You get, there's a level where you get merch in the mail. It's, yeah, so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. (laughs) Casper.com slash Allison. I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay. When we ask, they send them in They're wondering how you have been So thanks so much for answering These questions from our fans Raymond Langston says, Catherine, you do a lot of choreographs for, for people who are not professional dancers. Do you let that influence your choreography or do you just push the dancers beyond their comfort zone? We talked about that a little bit before. Yeah. Um, I find that like uh, people have a natural sense of moving. And so sometimes it's, some people get really uncomfortable by the ask, but I'll ask them to send a video of them freestyling. Oh my God. And people like, I would die. But I'm not. Right. But, but, if I were to watch you move, if you just jam it out to a song, and I'll be like, fine, if you need to have a glass of wine or whatever, jam it out to a song, and then I cater the movement to how you naturally move. It's like Casper catering to your body curves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Most people that send you a video of them freestyling, do they look uncomfortable? Or are there some people who are well, just no, like- I mean, actors are actors are so ballsy anyways, right? I mean, they're they're 
yeah. if they, but it, it's, it's really interesting because I've had multiple experiences with a lot of really amazing actors that they like kind of cry and like the dance kind of brings them back to some like childhood trauma of, you know, not understanding what your body's doing, but your brain is like, I should be doing this and my body does not understand it. So, you know, it's like a work in progress and it, mm-hmm. it depends. Some people kind of like, again, 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 and some people need breaks. So in a very, very short amount of time, I get really close to the actors as we're working on a dance most of the time. <laughs> My son, who's 20 months, whenever he hears, like he's constantly dancing. Mm. Um, if the dryer's going, he'll start dancing to that. <laughs> like anything that sounds like a beat, any music, he he as soon as any music comes on, he gets excited and Aww. kind of bobs his head. Yeah. And I want to cultivate that and yeah, foster that. Like you should. I should get him. Maybe I should get into a dance class or I yeah. don't know. They have, they have, I used to teach, that was another side hustle. I, I, I taught this place called Creation Station and they would have like tots and tutus or sometimes the moms would bring their like two-year-olds and yeah, I think, I think it's, I think once kids move, it's important to let them keep moving. Like mm-hmm. sometimes as adults, we stop moving. Yeah. We don't ever stand on our hands, which is like more of a yoga thing, but like the, um, the, the playful expressions with our bods become very rigid as we age. Yeah. That happened to me. I took dance classes when I was a kid. And then at some point I was just like, I don't like dancing. I don't mean dancing in a class, but like, I don't like dancing at a club or mm-hmm. wedding dances or I don't know. I, I, I hate don't... follow along dances, which is really ironic. You hate what kind? Follow along dances. Yeah. Like if everyone's like, everyone do a conga line. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, uh, at some point I was like, oh, it's not for me. But I don't want that to be the case because I like I did take a tap class as an adult. I was I, I would like to I I own tap shoes. I think they're too small, but I would like to get back oh, into it. You should. That. My mom started taking tap. She'd never taken in her whole life. And then like at the age of sixty five, she was like, I'm gonna take tap class and she became obsessed. She like practices at home and everything. Yeah, I should find a class. Um Okay. Abel Goddard says uh, well, this is a similar, a little bit of a similar question. Is it better or worse to teach someone with previous dance experience? How long does it take to train a dozen people for say a three minute music video? Mm. So two part, uh, the second part where it's like train. So training is something really interesting to talk about because I don't technically train anybody. I can teach them moves and how to execute those moves within the story correctly. Um, and I work with whatever training the person has or doesn't have. Um, So it totally just depends on the specificity of the moves. Like uh, with Crazy X, the number called I'm So Good at Yoga had traditional Bollywood hands because I wanted to properly do the hands and not insult anybody Mm -hmm. and live properly in the Bollywood world. And then it was I'm So Good at Yoga. So every now and then if they were to go lift their foot i would have them take their index finger and wrap it around their big toe like you would in yoga Mm -hmm. so those specificities were kind of hard to get into the brain but but typically i'm given an eight hour day tops uh and then there's a side note to me side note to allison for pronouncing my name or not doesn't really matter (laughs) you might have heard of nasa's goddard space flight center it's like that but no relation as far as i know but i don't know if i'm saying that right do you know I don't know. You're going to have to ask a science person. Where's Allie Ward? (laughs) I bet she knows. Uh, Okay. Claire says, how do you find inspiration? You're amazing. Oh, thanks, Claire. You're sweet. Um, Inspiration's kind of everywhere. Like I'll gaze off. Like the other day, 
this is really silly, but I just like stared at bubbles. <laughs> I know that's really weird, but like, uh, I just kind of let myself gaze off an inspiration. Um, and I will say honestly, like a lot of, uh, there's a lot, there's a math to like all of the numbers I'm creating. And if I have 30 seconds, I've given two references and the actor has to do this and that and this and that. So it's, it's really rare that I just vibe out to a song and let my body do whatever is inspired by the music. Um, but the inspiration that being said does come from the music. It tells me what to do. Mm -hmm. Who is your boss on crazy X? Is it Rachel and Aline, Mm -hmm. Rachel Bloom, who's a show creator and star co-show creator and star and co-EP with Aline Brosh McKenna, who is the showrunner. So do you come up with a dance and then show them and then they say yes or no? Is that how, like, yeah, how does it work? kind of. I mean, every flow is different, but for our show for this, like um, Rachel and Adam and Jack will do the song and they'll have a very specific reference for some, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. And then, um, a lot of times we'll do like a process of, you know, workshopping it with an assistant or putting it on dancers and being like, is this what you were thinking? And, and sometimes it's like, yeah, great. And the other times it's like, well, no, it needs to be more like this, uh, you know, because movement is super subject mm-hmm. to the interpretation of it. And until you actually see it on somebody, it's hard to talk about. Do you have a favorite number from or favorite? Yeah, favorite uh song dance from crazy ex-girlfriend um my favorite crazy ex song so there's been a bunch of uh really really fun ones and and some and one coming up with all the actors that i'm geeking out about and was the hardest and probably most rewarding to do because um it was a like 10 act 10 of the leads versus 10 dancers Mm -hmm. so it, it it takes a while to find it as a group um but one of the numbers that I love that like allowed the dance to kind of heighten the funny. And I don't think it would have been nearly quite as funny if there weren't two backup dancers is the graduation song that um, Heather sings, which is played by the brilliant Vela, who's so deadpan and funny, which contrasted to really spastic backup dancers for the moment is me. And she's graduating and she's like, Oh, do I have to sing an inspirational musical theater song? <laughs> I can't. And then like two kids like dance around her and she's like, Oh, <laughs> so that one to me is like so funny, just so funny. And it was so much fun. Um, and then another one that's really fun and ridiculous that like, I think if you grew up on eighties movies, like I did, you'll appreciate is, um, Josh's angry dance. Mm hmm. Um, he's like, there really aren't any lyrics. It's like angry, mad, (laughs) I'm feeling bad. And it's like just a shit ton of eighties moves. And then like all of his special skills, Mm -hmm. like as the actor, like I was like, would you have a barrel? Do you have double nunchucks? Do you have? And he like gave me a list of what he can do. And we like threw all of them in and it's like the most exhausting and silly dance ever. (laughs) I love that show so much. I'm so excited that oh, it's coming back. I'm so glad you watch. I think, yeah, this will air Monday and it returns on Friday. Oh, I right? hope it's not a spoiler that I said actors are doing a dance. <laughs> You're joking, right? <laughs> no, not really. I think it's fine. But they all, they, they do a dance always. Exactly. Yeah. That was a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend uh, Esther is on the show oh, and yeah! she loves dancing. Oh, yeah. She's great. Yeah. We so just danced. Must- who is, if you can say, Ooh, who, um, who does it, t- who's like the least dancery oh, of all goodness of them? goodness gracious. But I saw something where Pete Gard, where you were talking about Pete Gard. Right. It's like he doesn't have a dance background. 
Right. No, he never danced ever, but he works really hard. He has like a sig- he has some signature moves though. Maybe not who's the least dancery, but who's the most like this is out of my comfort zone. I don't know. I mean, they all I I mean, honestly, especially given this last number, like they all throw their hat in the ring and and really attack it. And they're so sweet. Like they want to make me proud. I know that sounds weird. That's really cute. And like not to be like whatever they want to make me proud, but like it's like a team and and they don't want to disappoint anybody. And I think that's the hardest thing is that like knowing the limitations of your body and wanting to get past it and like they care so much mm-hmm. that each and every single one of them has had a moment where they're like beating themselves up too much because they're not quite getting it. But they is all Rachel? work past it. Every single one of them, like every single one of them has gotten through like, oh, I'm just, I'm, and they're tired. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a big ask because they're, they're acting. They have really long days. Um, You know, turns out dancing is physical. <laughs> <laughs> and, who, who would know <laughs> and, and also but i think mentally and sometimes emotionally exhausting yeah yeah um okay elizabeth brahi says huge fan of her work is there any musical or dance style she'd love to choreograph on the show but hasn't gotten a chance to yet ah yes i know exactly what this answer is because budget is not our friend i want to do a big busby berkeley water moment like i'm talking like you gotta break that down for, for uh, don't know okay, what that okay, is. okay 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 um, sorry, I thought everybody was a fan of the sequel of Phantom of the Opera that listened to this podcast. But great. <laughs> oh, is there a Busby Berkeley water number in Love Never Dies? <laughs> Not yet. Wait till the trilogy? Is there one? I don't know if that's a thing. I There shouldn't be because I think there can't be actually. If I, I would like to see like a Phantom of the Opera of like that love is dead. <laughs> exactly. Love. Turns out love does die. <laughs> um, P.S. We were wrong. <laughs> P.S. We were wrong. Uh, that's actually the name of a, I love that musical. P.S. We were wrong. Well, yeah. What's that about? It could be anything. <laughs> um, okay. So Busby Berkeley, I, I want to, oh, shoot. 40s? 20s? Oh, man. Okay, retro. I'm not a dance historian. Anyways, old school musical numbers with like hundreds and hundreds of girls. And it's kind of like, kaleidoscopic mm-hmm. like the bird's eye view camera work um so he was a choreographer director obviously and uh so it's like if you think about big circles of dancers and like sure. really visuals of the legs and things and like you know like a big waterfall and then someone does a big dive they kind of did it for um what was the movie scarlett johansson starred in with george clooney hail mary that's not the name of it it was a big movie musical i'm blanking but i'm blanking is not the name of the movie <laughs> I'm just, i'll look it up i'll look it up Okay. Um. Oh my gosh, Channing Tatum. I'm, I'm visualizing all the dances right now. Scarlett Johansson. The movie. George you'll you'll find only one Clooney. option. Once again, he's only been in one movie. That'll be easy to find. All right. It's Hail Caesar! Up. I found it. She Hail was Caesar. from that Google. Is I that found is it on my own brain. <laughs> I did the Rolodex on my brain. Yes. Hail Caesar! They have yeah. like a swim, a synchronized swimming and Busby Berkeley ish type moment. Okay. I can imagine it. Oh, man. So you want to do something like that? Oh, that would be a wet dream. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But the budget just, does not allow. Oh, yeah. Because that would take so many days of rehearsal. And you'd have to have like an airplane wing. Is that what they're called? Airplane wings? Where, hanger? Like, they Hanger. That's the word. As like a soundstage. <laughs> right. And what was, if I don't know if you can say, but uh, if you can, what was the most, like the biggest dance production number that you guys have put on? Um... Hmm. Well, mm. I think kind of the first one, I'm so good at yoga, was a little bit ambitious. Like we had 
a practical set change um, that they pulled down these like colorful fabrics and brought them together. And then the grips made it disappear up into the ceiling and it transformed the yoga space into a Bollywood space practically. So that was meaning as opposed to like trick CGI or something like that. Right. Or as opposed to like, okay, now the set is different and we just intercut it and nobody noticed. Yeah. So, so that might've been our most ambitious in that regards. The number where that's like a, um, a nod to Music Man, where uh, Rachel is trying no to... No hot water? Yes. That one seemed like... Where she dives I'm, in at the end of the pool, on the pool? Right. My memory of that is that there was a lot going on in that one. Sure. Right? The choreography was kind of simple. What was craziest about that is that um, the sun was setting, and we hadn't filmed the end. And Rachel said, I want to dive onto the, onto the, uh, the pool float. And everyone was like, well, what if you miss? It's like I want, I want, I want to trust me. Film it. It's like well, we we haven't we haven't shot the end button yet. If you don't make it on the float, we don't have time to do another. And so we quickly had to like change the choreography and the formations, and to just kind of cross our fingers and pray that Rachel would nail it. it. And she nailed it in her face. So if you watch the end of that number, she's like, and like she's like, it's authentic, pure joy of holy shit, I just jumped on this pool float and this is the last take we could use and it worked. <laughs> Another ambitious thing about the show, I think, is that the opening credits change each, each season. Yeah. How involved are you in that? Um, so same. I'm, I mean, I'm a part of the conversations, but they really have to figure out like what they want the movement to be. So the um, the the opening credits of the second season was the big showgirl number and that one was really fun. So, mm. so once there is dancing, I can kind of like, you know, creatively work out the kinks as much as I can. And that was really like a, a departments with Steven and um, Melina costumes and, and art that the, the, the overhead of Josh's face of those puzzles pieces mm-hmm. that had to stick together. The girls had to figure out how to work it all underneath. And it was really complicated. And then also the girls were wearing like a backpack with a heart on it. And so how that fit each girl and how it crossed and it couldn't move too much. And um, so, yeah, that, that one was a fun one. Um, okay. Let's now do a segment called just me or everyone where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? (laughs) And then we say, if we also do or think these things, am I being exciting enough? Is this boring or interesting? This is really good. This is really interesting. I can't ever tell. I've never had a choreographer on the show. Um, so a choreographer. I've never had, you're my first choreographer. (laughs) So I think this is fascinating. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Sunlit Cactus says, just me or everyone. Can't reliably tell the difference between the guy from Smash Mouth and Guy Fieri. <laughs> and I did pronounce it the way Guy pronounces it. <laughs> um... I can't remember what the guy from Smash Mouth looks like. Can you? Mark McGrath, yes. Oh, no. He's from Sugar Ray. Oh, see? I, <laughs> so, yeah, you're not alone. Let's just look him up. We'll just take I, a I think, like, Guy Fieri is pretty, like, tan. He looks to me like he's about to explode. Like, his his head's going to pop open and it's yeah, going to be just fire. Yeah, there's a fire. lot of pressure yeah. in that head of his. Okay. Smash Mouth. Uh, fun fact, Rachel wrote a really, his, Rachel Bloom wrote a really funny jukebox musical called Smash Mouth. <laughs> Wait, is it called Smash Mouth? Oh, yeah. Guy Fieri looks to me more like Mark McGrath, personally. Yeah. This guy seems to have the, um, 
here's a picture of the singer of Smash Mouth playing a recorder. <laughs> um, this guy has the build of guy, of guy, but different head. Different yeah, he, needs hair. Some, he needs some frosted tips. Yeah. And I was wrong. The, the musical that Rachel wrote is called Sugar Ray the Musical. Oh. It's really funny. And there's a lyric that says Smash Mouth sucks. So no offense <laughs> if you're a fan. Olivia R. Burton says, I feel at one with humanity when I signal to a fellow driver that I'm turning right so they know they can turn left across the front of me and they actually trust me enough to go for it. This is not something that I have... I don't often think about these like unspoken bonds that connect us in the community of drivers and et cetera. However, someone brought this up on a show recently, like feeling frustrated when they're like, you can go, I'm telling you you can go. And the person doesn't trust them. Mm. Um, But recently someone actually did like, wait, like to kind of tip me off that like, you're okay to go. And I was like, here I go. And that actually felt pretty good. Yeah. I don't trust the other people right next to that person that was like go ahead and go yeah i know but because he does not have control over them right but when she initially was saying i feel with humanity i all of a sudden went to like on a nature hike i did not go to in my car Mm. So (laughs) yeah so when you feel at one with humanity it's when you're away from people i guess so (laughs) um but i will say the other day at uh the trader joe's in eagle rock i was um you have to like go around in a half circle and in the middle is like parking for one car that could be from either side but there's a clear entrance and exit and i had entered before a woman and she pulled into the spot that i was going to turn into and she saw that i was before her and said oh you're going to take this and i was like oh and i just kind of waved like yeah but whatever in my brain i was like yeah but whatever and she backed up that's so nice and let me have it and then 2 seconds later something opened up for her so that kind of felt like a nice humanity moment that is sweet um did they have any good samples at trader joe's that day uh they were really into a meatloaf hmm. which was pretty good i guess if you're into meatloaf. Do you go for the small cup of coffee? Always, every time. Same. <laughs> I don't know. It's just part of the Trader Joe's experience. <laughs> it's like, just like it makes me like, oh, I just needed that. Yeah, I just a little shot that, of coffee. <laughs> coffee shot. Becky Milner says, why can't Hershey's make a dark chocolate almond joy and a milk chocolate mounds? All right, look. I've said this before and I will say it again. I do not enjoy dark chocolate. I don't care what you think of me. I'm a milk. If I'm... Chocolate is not my favorite i don't dislike it because i'm not insane but i like milk chocolate i like white chocolate even though that's controversial dark chocolate no i had a dream i was eating white chocolate last night now that you mention it literally that's weird um that being said dove chocolate is that dark or or milk they have dark and milk and it's amazing do you like chocolate's the one do you prefer one over the other well the dove milk is kind of is kind of gold, but Dove Dark is like, it's like a small little nugget size. So you don't feel too guilty. Okay. And it's still pretty creamy. Sometimes dark chocolate gets a little ashy, I feel like. Yeah. Now, what was going on in this dream where you were eating white chocolate? You know, I don't really remember. I just, for some reason, remember getting like a big old round nugget of white chocolate <laughs> and being like, oh, that was delicious. See, it, you had a good experience. <laughs> I love white chocolate. Why is it controversial? Seal. I feel, uh, I just feel like in just, there's a lot of people who don't think it's good and who say that it's not real chocolate. It might not really be real chocolate. Because it's on, not like cacao? Yeah. Oh. I guess. It's like maybe know. fabricated? Yeah. I don't know. somewhere? I don't know what ingredient it's lacking that makes something real chocolate. But I just think there's a lot of people out there who 
who don't like white chocolate. Chocolate purists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a lot of people who don't like candy corn. Where do you come down on candy corn? Oh, well, I could have like one. Take it or leave it. I don't I don't wait for it. I'm not like, oh, it's candy corn season. Mm. I have one. And this is says, says the girl that ate fun dip with that like white stick so much that my tongue bled. Candy- <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, cut yeah, your yeah. tongue on the fun dip? You didn't? Or on the stick? The stick. Uh, no. I didn't cut. I don't think I cut my tongue. Well, I just like ate so much of it that your tongue would bleed, and it'd be like pink, 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 red. No, just I don't think I had. Ooh, I don't think I had that experience. Although, as you said that, all of a sudden I sort of had this memory of a white stick that was a little pinkish from blood. So maybe yeah, that did happen that to did me. Happen. Should we start a class action lawsuit? Yes. <laughs> well, they're rich. But uh, yeah, the the candy corn like is so it like is a certain kind of sugar that like makes my brain and teeth cringe. Yeah, it's like but I would eat. <laughs> that is the sound of it. <laughs> I would down one of those large pixie sticks, no problem. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, Nina Hartley says I hate looking at the clothes I wore to go clothes shopping because they look worn and wrinkled compared to the new nice clothes I'm trying on. I don't know that I'd go so far as to say I hate it, but I know what you mean when it's like you put all the clothes back that you just tried on and then you're putting like your sad clothing that was crumpled in a pile back on. Mm, I feel like, oh, I like these clothes. They actually fit my body. Yeah. (laughs) I do say that about my shoes though. Like I'll I'll, like try on clothes and make these shoes are real sad and gross, but I'll Mm -hmm. never buy new shoes. If I'm ever bra shopping in a store, which the last many bras I've bought online... But if I'm ever bra shopping in a store, when I put my sad, floppy bra that has like deodorant flakes on mm. it back on. And holes. Yeah. Then, But then I'm always like, oh, but it's comfortable. Right. Right. Yeah. I know there's no support happening here, but I feel it's like slipping into an old bra. <laughs> you know <laughs> the saying. An, yeah. Slipping into an old right, bra. As comfortable as an old bra. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, Danielle Lynn says... It's also a candy related just mirror everyone every october i remember that i'm addicted to tootsie rolls now for me tootsie rolls i am to tootsie rolls as you are maybe to candy corn mm. not the like i can only eat one because it makes my brain and teeth go what was the sound you made look <laughs> yeah <laughs> not that but just that like i could kind of take them or leave them in general i could leave them however the place where i go to get my hair straightened always has this little station where they have coffee and they have um, snacks. And usually I do not avail myself of the snacks, but now that I'm pregnant, I definitely do. <laughs> and, oh no, I'm sorry. I'm making this up. They had good, they had good candy there. The ophthalmologist had. Typical. Yeah. The ophthalmologist had a big bowl of like grandma candy. So it was <laughs> butterscotches, those little strawberries, and then one Tootsie Roll. And I went for the Tootsie Roll and I was like, this is not bad. I do not like when people offer mints and chocolate in the same bowl. Right. You Separate pick it. one. Yeah. I keep a bowl of candy at my house all year long. What's in it? Uh, it depends. So it depends. <laughs> just kidding. It's just... <laughs> just depends? Yeah. It's just depends. <laughs> but you call it candy. <laughs> yeah. Candy for the grandmas that always come to visit my giant bowl. Like a tub. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was Dove for a while. Uh, I don't know. Just it. It's just like extra or suckers. I had suckers for a while. Um, I think I was... I like got free samples of like a ginger chew thing. Mm. And those were in there. Allie loves a ginger chew. 
They're yeah, it's fun. Those it's, are polarizing. Many people don't like them. But sometimes there's a there's a peanut butter ginger chew. They would even go away from ginger chews make me feel like it's good for my digestion. Yeah. But any candy like like a tootsie roll or something that like takes you a while to get it out of your teeth, I I, I can kinda like leave. Mm-hmm. The Starburst is that way. Yeah. One time I opened up one of those two for a Starburst and got all pinks when I thought it was a really good omen for my day. <laughs> I think it is. Uh, Catherine Burns. It was delightful having you on the show. Thank you for coming here. I know you have a crazy day. I know you're going out of town for a job um, in, in moments. Uh, so I appreciate you coming here and telling us all about choreography and choreography. Oh, it was so much fun being thank a new best you. friend. Thank you. Listeners, thank you for listening. Um, oh, I have a book out, Tropical Attire and Courage and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Go to my website, AllisonRosen.com. There's all sorts of places to click. It'll take you right to Amazon where you can get it. Available in all formats. I'm on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Um, oh, also t-shirts and ringtones and pins and all that on my website as well. And I'm on Instagram at Allison Rosen. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen and leave us a review and tell your friends. Um, Catherine, where can people find you and tell them, plug anything you'd like to plug? Oh my goodness gracious. Um, I, I'm Kat M. Burns, M as in Marie, uh, on Instagram. And that's, that's pretty much my, my social needs is of choice. And then uh, from the Instagrams, I, I tell you all the other things. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend um, premieres on Friday. So real soon. Perfect. And um, and it's Kat. On the CW. K-A-T. K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. It's yeah. phonetically correct. <laughs> all right. Thank you again. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we got to go. Rosie is your new best friend.